Hey, everybody, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast. I am Ski Journal editor Eric Wilbur, and I am joined by my Base Camp Podcast co-host, Mike Specian, right here. Mike, how are you doing this summer? I know that you're busy in the water, you're, you're paddling, you're windsurfing, you're... Do you do the kite surfing? I sold it. You, but you have done it. Yeah. It always fascinated me. Is it, is it as tough as, it, as I think it would be? What? I never, never really... Because I was a windsurfer, mm-hmm. I like the board. Well, I like, that, that's I like, my problem. I like my, having my, my windsurfing days were a complete disaster. So I look at the kite board and I'm like... That looks like so much fun, and, and it seems like it'd be so easy to do, but so did a windsurfer when I tried to do that well, 30 years ago. Well, everything has switched now. The As you have seen, foiling has become huge, mm-hmm. but this thing called winging with a foil is really th- – these guys carry so much less equipment than I do now. I, I told my wife after surfing off the SUP one day, I came home – Threw the wetsuit, rinsed it off, and said, "This is so much easier. I don't, I don't have all this other gear that has to be dealt with." So, winging, winging's the hot thing right now. So, what have you done this can, summer? Can you explain to me what winging is? Because I'm sitting here smiling and nodding at you, but I'm not sure what you're talking about. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you're going to have to pull it up. Any anybody that hasn't seen it, basically, you take a small board, mm-hmm. 130 liter board, let's say, with a foil on it. And it's actually a blown-up wing that you hold over you. And you just hold it and... and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You've seen it. Yes, I have. It's called winging. Yep, okay. And winging is the hottest thing going on right now in water sports. Isn't that... That's what they used to do, like, on... You see a big desert plain, like, out in Utah or something like that, and they would have these big races. Is that what is that well, the same thing? Oh, don't know. Maybe on, on like, a on a wheeled board... On, on like a huge skateboard, mountain know. board? I don't know. The images already left my mind, Mike. So, they, they, <laughs> so what have you done this summer that's been fun? We are, we, we were about to take a family vacation to Virginia. And we, every year, my, my, uh, my brother-in-law, who is older than I am, I think he's, boy, now he's got to be 54, I believe, started surfing when he was about 48 years old down there in, in Sandbridge, Virginia. And has really struck up a, a fantastic and brotherly relationship with one of the surf shop guys down there. And so Lucas comes to dinner. Lucas takes us out in the water. Lucas describes what to do. And it, it's such a fun environment for everyone to go out surfing together. And it's not something we do all the time as a family just because dad isn't very good at it. But the kids are very good. And so it's it's fun to get out there with them and, and ride the waves and see them in the sort of environment that I enjoy them skiing with them in. You know what I mean? Like we're in the outdoors and they're mastering this craft and they're getting excited when they can do something new. Except in this case, they're showing me how to do it in, instead of the opposite way around when we're in the winter. So yeah, so, so summer has been, there's a lot of busy work to do here and there. Sport here, sport there, doctor's appointment now, doctor's appointment later. But, you know, as far as the summer and the relaxing part of it it's been a good one so far boy it is a dream to be an empty nester (laughs) a dream a dream my wife and i joke about someday we'll miss this or this is treasure this because one day you'll want it and we say that usually when we can't get my daughter to sleep in her own bed and get her out of our bed for like the 50th consecutive night but it does come come real when you're like when i'm when i'm watching my son 
get a hit after striking out and being really happy with himself that he recovered, quote unquote. Those things are great. And and I, I understand that those things are fleeting and that's why I do try to, to latch on to them. But I would like to go see a Cape League game with them too. <laughs> that's yeah, becoming yeah, increasingly you, difficult to do. You you've mentioned that. Well, it's just it's evening out has become our, our kids' baseball games, our kids' softball games, our kids' summer soccer games, our kids' summer basketball games. Go down the list. And, and being able to go out for an evening where I live is consists of there's so many things to do, whether it's drive an hour here, drive an hour there, drive two hours there, drive three hours and stay overnight. And we're kind of limited of how to do that. I keep bringing up the Cape League because it's such a simple thing that seems easy to do, right? The game is at 545 at night. It's not even that late. Drive down to Bourne. Drive down to Wareham, for God's sake. Make it easy. We can't even get that done because we've just got such a busy schedule as, as the Wilbers are concerned. Well, well, here's the deal. Which is why you, I you, love coming in here and describe and saying all the things that I'm going to do with my August because bring it on. Okay, August okay. is free. Okay. What does Warren Miller say? If you're not, yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 you get it. But summer needs to be chilled out more. This, All of this running, running, running stuff, I spend more time in my backyard with a beautiful perennial garden, with a herb garden, sitting there. My, my wife looks at me. I go out there every night with a with a cocktail and just and veg to music going, this is cool. But the simplistic things of life are what summer should be. Skiing, of course, in the winter, we do have to drive. We do have to put a lot of gear on and hope for snow conditions. But summertime... Even even the simplicity of going for a hike. I mean, it it doesn't have to be that chaotic. When are you a hiker at all? Any any great hikes in your life? No, nothing great. When I when I growing up, we did some fairly simple hikes as a family around the White Marsh, around the White Mountain area. It wasn't until I I really started going to school in Vermont that I really started to gravitate toward hiking and, and sort of what it can bring you as an activity in terms of one exercise, but two, understanding the the environment you live in, right? And getting to know a new environment. It was one thing to go to Vermont and get dropped off as a freshman in college there. It was another thing as a freshman in college to go out and explore the outdoors and realize immediately the differences with this state from New Hampshire, where I was so used to hiking, skiing, you name it. So hiking to me is something I, I'd like to do a lot more often. I say that about a lot of things. Don't uh, I? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's a recurring statement. It, it, it here. really is. It's 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 and it's it's funny when people will say to me, "How do you do it?" And I'll kind of shrug and say, "Well, it's three kids. It's not like it's otherworldly to have three kids, right?" But it does come the busyness does come to kind of come to light when people, when I say things like that over and over again, like, Oh, if I had more time or it's something I wish I could do more often. I think it it's, it's part of the reason why I love my kids getting older because I love their personalities exposing a little bit more, but also they don't need dad as much anymore, which, well, which kind of opens the door that we can get away. Yeah. But you know what? My, my favorite times were with my son, who's now 27, mm-hmm. Uh, and what we did together, 
the the hike we had a we had a conservation location in town where we hiked almost every week in there we had this beautiful spot that we sat on which was awesome have have you ever been up mount monadnock mm-hmm. yes have you had the kids up there no okay i mean make it a point because it's contagious it's absolutely contagious but when i when i think back to where I have hiked, the the mountains I have climbed, whether it be out west or out here, I mean, my most renowned, I was an outdoor rec major along with my business, and to spend five days getting credits in the backcountry of the Grand Canyon was pretty amazing, or leading a group, I can remember leading a group over the knife's edge on Katahdin. Th- those, are, those are moments that Unlike riding a mountain bike, you you hit vistas that you can't see any other way. And they're impregnated into your mind for the future. And the best place to even start, if you're thinking about hiking, is clearly AMC. 100%. The Appalachian Mountain Club, it, it has been around forever. It is, in New England, it's synonymous with... The White Mountains, synonymous. So we are going to talk more AMC, hiking in the White Mountains and beyond. We're going to have Jess Wilson, who is the director of White Mountain Lodges and Camps for AMC. She will join us for discussion right after these words. Joining us on the line, the old Zoom portal there for the Base Camp podcast is Jess Wilson. She is AMC's director of White Mountain Lodges and Camps. Jess, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. It is wonderful to have somebody from AMC. I, I view AMC as the granddaddy of this of a movement. And it's just fantastic to have you on. As the director of the White Mountain Lodges and Camps, could you provide a brief brief overview of AMC's history, its mission to integrate conservation and education with the outdoor recreation community in the White Mountains? Sure. Yeah. AMC is, was founded in 1876. So as such, it's one of the oldest conservation and recreation-based organizations in the U.S. So we're coming up on our 150th anniversary soon. So we've been around for a long time and folks who are familiar with the Wayman National Forest and enjoy recreating it with it can think about AMC as being a part of the Weeks Act, which was something that's, that actually created the Wayman National Forest. So I think AMC has been around for a while. We've been really focused on integrating conservation and stewardship ethics in addition to sort of the recreation-based opportunities that people know us for in terms of our Hudson Lodges. So that work continues across White Mountain, the White Mountain region, but also across our the Mid-Atlantic and all the way up through Maine. We try to just do what we can to make sure that we're fostering conservation ethics wherever our organization is operating. How do you foster those? Like, how do you contribute to preservation and conservation of the White Mountains while also promoting the outdoor recreation activities available there? Yeah, it's, it's, as outdoor recreation has certainly increased in popularity over time, it's been a big focus of ours to try to ensure to make sure that we're following through on that, on that. And I would say the biggest example is actually through our, the work that our trails department does a big example that folks who are out and about hiking in the whites might notice this year is the Franconia 
range trails project, which is a multi-year trail project to restabilize the trail on one of the most busy, arguably busy trails in the whites. And so that's really being led by AMC's trails department to make sure that even though there's increase of use and recreation in those areas, that we are stabilizing the trail and trying to minimize the impacts of erosion in that you know, when, when there's people out recreating. So I think that's a portion of it. We also do a lot of work relating to conservation messaging. We are, as an example, the Leave No Trace. We've been a, a partner of Leave No Trace on the East Coast for years. And so through that, we had the opportunity to do workshops and messages to try to make sure that folks who are engaging with us and seeing us at trailheads are giving that messaging before they are heading out on the trail. You mentioned the erosion, which makes me think of has the weather this summer played any sort of special impact about how you get the word out or how you approach a certain situation? Because, I mean, it's been wet everywhere, but I think most notably in, in Vermont and New Hampshire, the, the recent rains of, 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 of mid-July have really impacted us in a long, more profound way than they normally do this summer, during the summer. Yeah, I think there's two aspects to that. One is safety. Certainly river crossings have been really high on trails. And so I think we tried to make sure that in particular guests that we know are going into the backcountry are informed and aware of those trail conditions and understand where they can get weather information and trail information. But the long-term effects, the erosion and washout, trail washouts and things like that, I think we're, we're, we're seeing more of that. And yeah, I think it's just information <laughs> gathering and, and trying to make sure that we're doing what we can to inform folks before they're heading out. But it's certainly something that going back to that trail stabilization, I mean, every time we're, we're working on a trail or replacing a bridge, it's, it's that kind of storm that we're thinking about to try to make sure that whatever fix we're putting into place is lasting for generations. But yeah, it's definitely been a wet summer. It's Currently, as I'm talking to you, the sun is shining and it just feels like a great relief. Yeah, us too. <laughs> um, well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Getting out today, just taking advantage of the weather. As as I've said to everybody, last summer we were so dry. I mean, ridiculously dry. And this summer we're ridiculously wet. Some happy medium would be nice for all of us. For AMC, for the mountain communities, for the beach communities, and for our local economies. With that being said, conservation's one. How do you get the word out educationally wise? We, we've had some real tragedies up on Lafayette over the last few years. I mean, just when, when you read the stories, when you dig into it, it just makes you cry because a lot of the tragedies that happen are preventable. How does AMC help to get edu- people educated as to what it really is like in the White Mountains. Yeah, so communication and, and education are sort of intertwined, I would say, but we we approach it from a few different ways. I mean, we definitely offer a number of workshops for adults and families that are really centered around safety and outdoor leadership and making sure that folks can feel more comfortable going out on their own after attending an AMC workshop and, and feeling like they can make the right decisions giving current weather conditions and trail conditions and that sort of thing. So I would definitely recommend that if anyone's interested in learning more, our website has a number of different activities and programs like weekend-based programming that would touch on topics that would promote mountain safety. 
And then secondly, we do have a number of publications that that is a focus of. So we have books that are published that talk about mountain safety, but we also have a Pretty decent set of content that was searchable either online or even if you're just searching on the topic, it's pretty common you'd come across an AMC article that really speaks to trying to focus in on the hike safe program here in the Whites. We have a good partnership with them, so you'll get content around that, the 10 essentials and what to bring, navigation, winter hiking. We do some specific programs around that. So you're right. It's it's definitely something that's on our minds a lot of like how we can make sure that we're promoting recreation, but making sure that that people are prepared as prepared as possible before going into the backcountry. Could you share some examples of how the AMC, how do you engage with visitors in these conservation efforts? And like you said, outdoor recreation is exploding. I think even in the last three years, we have data that says since COVID that this has become even bigger than it was five, six, 10 years ago. How do you deal with, for lack of a better term, hiking rookies who don't know the dangers are really, is that becoming a growing problem the more that outdoor recreation becomes such a, an obsession of people? Yeah, I think as you're coming through a location where AMC is running, either a lodge or a hut, we do spend quite a bit of time trying to make sure that our staff are well-versed in terms of the local area, understand the local resources. The understanding the daily weather port and when you first walk in for your day that you read that and understand what might be coming up. And then we also have a really great information volunteer program that, again, I'm, I'm talking to you from one of our locations. And this morning in the courtyard, our information volunteer was in the courtyard talking to guests before they were heading up Mount Washington and just answering any questions they have, checking in on weather, all those sort of things. So I think we just try to be the people that people can talk to and come and get really good information about the reality of what they're trying to do. And then secondarily, I'd say AMC as a as an organization, we try to make sure that our activities and what we're doing is very accessible to a wide range of people. We really feel like the outdoors is should be available to everyone and everyone interacts with the outdoors in a different way. So I think we try to meet people where they are and so when someone who's inexperienced, we have opportunities to go for a very short hour-long walk with a naturalist as just as a start. And then we can work all the way up to a multi-day guided hut trip. So somebody kind of has a pathway, I think, with AMC, if they're looking at a range of the activities that we have available to sort of find, find how they want to interact with nature in a safe way with us. Tremendous. Well, you just brought something up, interacting with multiple people. Of course, Eric and I are both in the ski industry, so the ski industry has a major issue with inclusion, okay? Going out and getting different demographics to adhere to the excitement of the outdoors in the wintertime, how does AMC deal with that? Getting getting the youth of the city out. Yeah, I, I think we had some specific programs that focus on youth in, in areas where they're associated with agencies. We have a program called Educators Outdoors, where it's really like a, it's almost a train-the-trainer sort of program where we, as AMC, provide curriculum and content for outdoor leadership training for agency workers who then can turn around and use AMC's gear and facilities to bring bring their youth 
to the outdoors in a safe way. So that's one example. We have that program has been in place for, I don't know exactly, about over 40 years. I know they they celebrated their 40th a while ago. So we've been working in terms of youth specifically, as you mentioned, in that way for a number of years. But I think increasingly that the AMC is working in a, a wide region. And I think we're increasingly focusing in on the work that our individual chapters are doing in terms of their local communities and tying in and, and making sure that the programs that are offered are accessible to a range of people. And those will sometimes eventually filter up into larger and larger trips that may be toward coming up to the mountains. So I think it's something that's very important to AMC and something that we spend a lot of time trying to make sure that what we are offering is inclusive. Perfect. Well, I must ask, what what lodge are you at right now in the background there? So I'm actually at Pinkham Notch. So I'm at the base of Mount Washington and the base of the Tuckerman Ravine Trail. Well, I knew that. I, I guessed <laughs> that. And we are skiers here. So it's kind of an important little spot for skiers. Yep. One, of, one of the cool lodges that I, I remember watched, watching as it was being built, we've all driven from Brenton Woods over into the Mount Washington Valley and the Highland Center. Give us yeah. give us an overview on that because that is remarkable. It's like the, yeah, em- the it's like the Emerald City when you're trying <laughs> trying to gather the group and get there. It's like all of a sudden it's beaming in the distance. Yeah. So the Highland Center is located, as you said, right in Crawford Notch. It's a little over twenty years old at this point, and it's at the base, or it's located where you can access five different trails. So I do think a lot of people do start their their day there, even if they're not staying over. But the Highland Center was really built to be kind of a bustling area for not only individuals coming with themselves or their families, but also groups. And there's a lot of meeting space there. It's, we, do, we see a lot of kids groups and member partnership groups kind of moving through there with each other. It's, it's actually built on very close to the foundation of the former Crawford Notch Hotel, which was a really one of the large grand hotels in the area. And when that the land ended up being turned over to AMC, it was a conscious effort, even though it's, the as you said, when you're kind of rising up over the notch that you're seeing it. And we actually built it to be set back and kind of try to like work into the landscape a little bit more than that, that hotel used to. But the reality is it's in the top of the notch and there's not a lot of trees. You do see that from quite far away. <laughs> But yeah, that's one of our key locations here in the Whites is trying to drive our mission. I think one of the cool things I'd point out about the Highland Center is that it has a a gear room that is sponsored by LLB that really makes it interesting to families with grown children because you can, if you're staying with us overnight, you get to use that gear for free. So I used to work over there specifically and you'd see a lot of families coming up in the wintertime, particularly you guys are skiers thinking about getting the right size of jackets and gloves and all that kind of stuff for all your kids. It's a really nice resource that we have there to kind of make it a little easier for families to get outdoors. Well, speaking of overnight stays, I did a piece last year for the New England Ski Journal about the about AMC's network of, of mountain huts. And a colleague of yours described them with the sense of community that they that they procure, a Narnian fairy tale, which I think is just such a magical way to think of this network of huts that is available through AMC. Can you break down what's available and how people can utilize these huts in whatever whatever season they're available? 
Sure. So there are a series of high mountain huts. They are generally speaking spaced about a day's hike apart from one another along the Appalachian Trail. So they range from all the way over in Franconia Notch over to Carter Notch would be the farthest east, which is a little east of Route 16. And yeah, they're they're up in the backcountry, and so they they really are kind of a beacon to folks when you're tired and hungry, possibly wet this summer with all the rain we've been having, mm. to be able to get indoors with, like you said, a community of people who also had to get up there on their own. And so there's some really great stories often at dinner time when you're sitting communally around a table talking about your day and kind of what happened. So I, I do think it fosters those, the huts are known for really fostering that great sense of community because everyone kind of had to had to get there. So in terms of how you visit these huts, all of our all of AMC's facilities are open to the public. So everything can is reservable online, outdoors.org, or we have a phone number for the reservations department. This, I'm currently here and we're talking in the summer and all the huts are full service, meaning that you would get dinner and breakfast with your overnight stay. That will run from approximately the beginning of June through, depending on the height of the hut, either September or October. And then the mountains that are sort of at a higher elevation close down for the winter, but we still do have three that remain open year round for self-service use. So you can head in like Zealand Falls Hut. You can ski in with all of your gear in the wintertime, bring your food, use the hut. There's a caretaker there to kind of help assist all the guests working together in the kitchen and then be back out. So it's, it's there. They're diverse in that you can kind of go in the summertime and kind of have that experience provided for you. Or you can, in the wintertime, really do like a self-service trip to these huts. They, I've been to many of them. And it is when, when you look out and all of a sudden you see it, it gives you a little zip in your step. Knowing that there's a spot, you're going to see a whole bunch of people. You're going to sit around and talk. They are really just a sense of community there. Here's a question for you, though. You being the director, how has staffing been to staff these huts? I mean, staffing's a problem everywhere right now. Have you been able to get the youth up there to staff it? Yeah, I mean, I think the the huts are sort of, they're known. It's, <laughs> it's the kind of thing that people will often look at the huts for years and think, I'd love to work there someday. And so I think we're quite lucky in terms of they're rarely in these iconic places and people have these memories of the huts. I have, a, I have a very similar story that yesterday we were, my wife and I were discussing how the Wienermobile has changed its name to the Frankmobile. So she did a lot of research on it and she found, came to find out that the drivers of the of the the Frankmobile, as we have to call it now, are college seniors, I believe. And they have to have like one of five focuses, like marketing, business. One of them was journalism. So she said to me, how dare you? You you could have driven the Wienermobile. Why did you not do that as a journalism major? And I think that, I think that's exactly right. Like it's that kind of job, the, the hut, right? I want to drive the hut. I want to drive the Wienermobile, right? It's It's sort of one of those things that you look at it down the road, like that's a job I want to hold someday. So I, I, I just want to, that, that's a perfect parallel, I think, right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's totally true. I think so. The huts tend to have really a great slate of candidates every year. And, but AMC does 
as a whole hire quite a few people. So there's all sorts of opportunities from seasonal opportunities from roadside lodging, working in the crews there to the huts or naturalists leading programming or doing table talks in our courtyards to try to educate visitors. All sorts of different things. The construction crew, which maintains a lot of our facilities, sorry, they hike up to the huts. There's a lot of different seasonal opportunities. And some some tend to be more popular than others, but really they're all amazing experiences. Did did you start seasonal or did you come on full time? I did. Yeah, I was a seasonal person for a number of seasons kind of during college. So I've been I've been working with AMC for quite a while now. But yeah, I started I did not work at the huts, but I started actually at the front desk of Bing and Dutch, giving One, out trail information and working in the store there. Nice. Well, it speaks volumes that you're still there for what AMC is and what they offer. Speaking yeah. of that, are there any any new initiatives or projects planned for this season or the fall? Yeah, there's an, a couple of things I might highlight. One is we've had this really exciting concert series at Highland Center. This is our third summer, so it's not quite new, but it's sort of burgeoning. And it's a free concert series. It's called the Linda Cohen Concert Series. And we... We just had our first concert last weekend. We'll have three more later this summer. And what excites me about that is that Crawford Notch has a long history of arts, like that's sometimes called the birthplace of plain air painting. And so plain air there's painting. some really interesting ways. It's another example of connecting with nature in different ways. So yeah, those are really great. So if you're in the area there on Saturdays, there's another one coming up and then there'll be two in August and then we'll hopefully return next year with another slate of great concerts. Yeah. And then I think AMC in general is always renewing and revising our programs. So there's all sorts of activities if you would go online for families, for adults, skill-based training. So there's, there's always new things that we're coming up with depending on what you might be interested in. Well, with that being said, are there, I know AMC has been around for a long time, but are there any new initiatives out there that for the future that is more huts, new, new venues? Are you going farther south into the Smokies? Any, any initiatives? So in infrastructure, no, but I think one of the things that we have been working on is becoming a net zero organization by the year 2050. So I think it's reinvesting in the infrastructure we already have to make sure that we are providing sustainable operations across our network. So I think that's a pretty big one that I think is important to me as well and hopefully to a lot of our members. So we have been, we expanded into Maine over a decade ago and there's a bunch of great Lodges up there, including winter skiing, for those of you that are Nordic skiers listening in, <laughs> there's some great opportunities up there. And then we've also been, those of, if there's anyone down in the New York metropolitan region, we have some locations down in Harriman State Park. So we're continuing to kind of develop and work on those. But not, not any, I've not heard of any aspirations of moving into the Smokies. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jess, we want to thank you very much for joining us on the program today giving people information about AMC, what they can offer for visitors. How can people become involved with AMC and its mission? How can they discover more information, et cetera? Yeah, that's a great question. So AMC is a membership-based organization. 
So we have lots of opportunities when you walk in our doors and our visitor centers where you can get more information about membership or you can go to outdoors.org is our website. And memberships contribute to the conservation work that we've been talking about today. So we highly recommend anyone who's enjoying getting out on the trails and wants to make sure that they're there for future generations to consider contributing. Yeah, so there's family memberships as well as individual memberships. And we also have June, that are, they're called junior, under sub 30. So if you're a college student and interested, there's a reduced rate as well to get engaged. So yeah, definitely check that out on the website and or come visit us at one of our lodges and we'll like, tell you more about our mission and what we know. Well, that's fantastic. What What is best about AMC is that they actually walk the walk. And that's what is very, very special. You you talked about net zero. We all should be fighting for that because in the long run, the outdoors needs us to protect it. But I want to thank you for coming on, Jess. That was a pleasure. Yeah, Sam, thanks for having me. Thanks, Jess. Yes, and we, we speak about net zero. Like if one company does net zero, that's a start. But now we're seeing lots and lots of people do it and and. and committing to having net zero by whether it's 25, 30, 35, 40. If every single company or person or integration of whatever does it eventually, hopefully, hopefully I'm not too late, but hopefully we'll get something done. So I also applaud you again, just, and thank you for coming on the show. All right. Thanks, Dean. That is, that is Jess Wilson, AMC's director of White Mountain Lodges and Camps. We'll be right back. Eric, Jess was sitting at Pinkham Notch when she was talking to us. Pinkham Notch, how, how do you not, as the base camp, New England Ski Journal base camp, Pinkham Notch is the epicenter of backcountry skiing. That is, that is New England's base camp, for lack of a better word, better uh, term. You, you nailed it. I mean, that is the holy grail of New England skiing. It is. It truly is. And, and the AMC's presence there, I think, speaks to how important and ingrained it is in those sorts of experiences. So to have Jess on it and to talk about some of the programs that they offer and, and, and the importance of those programs was, was very good. I think that if, if anyone's looking to start a hiking career, for lack of a better term, like, if anyone is looking to spend... If anyone is is unsure of themselves or uncertain about certain aspects of hiking, AMC is just a, a tremendous place to start for 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 many reasons, not just hiking, any other outdoor activities. Give them a follow and check them out. Yeah, AMC is an organization that transcends time and also demographics in a big way. They have they have really created a network of huts, of trails, of advocacy that just speaks volumes for what we need more of out there. Hiking is about as pure as it comes. What do you need? You need a pair of hiking boots. You need the gear to go with you and you're ready to go. It's not like you need to go out and buy a friggin' new motor for a boat. Mm -hmm. It is, it is, it is as simple and core. We talked about simple a little while ago and I was giving you a little crap about simplify this stuff. Yes, I know. Okay. Simple is everything. At some point you've got to come back 
and smell the roses. And the roses are slowing everything down, taking a hike up Mount Katahdin or Cardigan. Katahdin's pretty big, but one of the one of the local like a Katahdin or go right to Lafayette Campground and and hike up from there. The one thing that really scares me, COVID COVID changed everything in the mountains, as you well know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people started to gravitate to these trails. And the word I got back was the amount of garbage that was left, people that were unprepared. This, I I use this term all the time. This is not Disney World. Right. Well, I, I mean, I, I can't speak to whether it's better now, but in 2020, when we all were wearing masks around and going nuts, the lack of respect that that visitors had for the White Mountains, the Green Mountains, whatever, northern New England, was abhorrent. It, it was, and, and that's why I asked Jess for, for I called them hiking rookies, just bas- basically because 2020, I think, showed a lot of different things in terms of how we consume our outdoors. And look, there, there are many of us who have a lot of respect for it. And there are many of us who just don't know what the respect means, right? They need to learn. And then there's people you can't save that have no respect whatsoever. But you put all those people together and guess who's not going to come out on top as much? The, the, the person who understands what conservation and what sorts of measures are needed to protect the environment. So yes, out, outdoor recreation has changed significantly in the past three years. Luckily, it's it's entities like AMC that are around to sort of guide us in the right direction. And someone like AMC that, like like Jess said, going to celebrate 150 years soon. So this is a de- dependable organization that you can trust yourself to, tr- that you can trust yourself to trust, quite honestly, and that you can feel pretty good about donating towards. Yes, I I, I think we all need to give back. We all need to donate to causes that can make a difference. And I use the term AMC walks the walk. Mm. I think we all need to walk the walk. The other thing, we we talked recently about Cape Cod and the sharks down there Mm -hmm. and being educated and being prepared and not going into the water when you're in over your head. The same thing is true in the whites. We have had so many, so many unfortunate, tragic situations for people being in the White Mountains that were unprepared. There's, there's no reason for it. There's too many deaths. I mean, there's a book out there called Not, Wi- Not Without Peril. Sure. Yeah. Okay. People, anybody that is venturing out ought to be reading that book to realize that something really basic can turn into something catastrophic. And it's it's okay to turn around. It's okay not to meet a goal because it's not about the goal. It's about the journey. On a related note, did you ever watch Infinite Storm, the movie starring Ni- Naomi Watts about the rescue on Mount Washington? Great I, story. Yep. A great story. Terrible movie. <laughs> Terrible movie. Because they tried to use, I don't know if you noticed this, they had like a wide shot of the White Mountains and it was like somewhere in Peru or something, right? The the, the, the mountaintops were 
much, much, much larger than anything in New Hampshire. But it, it, it is worth a watch because the story is phenomenal. You can check it out. Uh, I, I don't know. Showtime, I think. Well, the, the bottom line is we see people pass away up there very, very recently in 2022. We had a death of a 19-year-old female, if you remember that, mm -hmm. yeah. that wanted to finish her 4,000-footers. Mm -hmm. And she, once again... It was a situation where somebody was not prepared and it's tragic. It's tragic for her. It's tragic for the whole family. And well, it's just so, it's even more heartbreaking when you consider that shouldn't she know, right? Shouldn't she have known, like been prepared? Shouldn't her parents have been prepared or, or known this was a possibility? It's just, it's, it's, well, it's unbelievable. And and this is a, this is a story we heard about, right? There are many other accidents that we don't hear about so much just because they don't make the local news. But well, this was, this was, uh, this was a tough one. I, I have this view. I never second guess choices. I never told my son to be safe in life. I don't want him to be safe. I want him to be smart. I want him to use his head. I can't second guess what happens, but people need to be cognizant that something bad can happen. And I don't know. I, I'm going to leave it here with a little hiking story. Mm -hmm. So I was coming out of the Grand Canyon after being down there for five days. We came through an area called the Inferno. I think I came through it like three in the morning before the sun hit it because it gets so hot, almost, almost like it is in Phoenix now right. uh, in the Southwest. But I came through and we came out the Bright Angel Trail, the infamous trail coming out of the Grand Canyon, out of the South Rim. And about a mile from the bottom, I ran across two ladies in, I, I, th I think I remember they were in sandals with a child with no water. <laughs> I left them some of the little bit of water I had. I hiked to the top, filled up water, walked back down that mile down the Bright Angel Trail with water and carried a child out. And I remember that till the day, and I was in college back then, going, why? Right. It doesn't have to be. You, you almost cost a child their life. And when I, when I look at this, AMC is, is getting the message out there. Please heed the message. Please be smart and realize that this is not a reality TV show. This is reality. Yeah, it's a great way to end it. Mike, thank you very much. Eric, always a pleasure. Looking forward to the next time. And guess what, folks? We are almost back to ski season. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do before then. <laughs> well, you know what? Lease programs are are going to be out there. So ah, yeah. kids will be leasing skis. Yep. Uh, make sure you get, yep. get there early to get the best. Tent sales are firing up here now. And guess what? Coming forth, we're going to see if we can, it's time to get in shape. I know. Well, I, I've been running four miles a day since June. So hopefully that's going to do something by the time ski season gets around. So you, you folks keep listening to the podcast. 
we're going to we're going to hopefully have somebody on to get us all back in shape soon. I'm sure we will. Mike, thank you very much. I am Eric Wilbur. That was the New England Ski Journal Basecamp podcast. For more, log on to www.skijournal.com. You can get our whole collection there or wherever you get your podcasts. That's it. I'm Eric Wilbur. This was the Basecamp podcast. I will see you next time. New England Ski Journal's Basecamp is a Siemens Media podcast. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful.